This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're just listening to it. But welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Top 10 with Tia for Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia, and I have the amazing Brittany. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, I'm good. I have fed the cats, so we know they're not going to be constantly up my butt the entire time. So I think that's a good way to start. <laughs> you say that, but they might be anyway. But you know what? That's probably true facts because I already woke up to I, I have to hide underneath the blanket in the morning or else the cats will, like, attack me and, like, really want my love. And I felt like a thump on my head this morning, and it was like one of the shy kittens that decided, you know what? I don't like you under the blanket. I'm going to bring you out. <laughs> I love it. Kittens are the best. Like, I really wish that our guys were small again. No, I know. And then you, I was thinking about you talking about your tree getting knocked over. Your tiny oh, tree. Yeah. yeah so, well, so I was telling Brittany before the podcast that I have a little tiny tree in the windowsill of our apartment because we really don't have any space to put a legitimate tree in, um, which is something that we, of course, would love to do maybe in another place. But for right now, we put a little tree, and the cats knock it down all the time. So I sit there and go, what would it be like if we actually had a full-length tree? I mean, I just feel like it would be a disaster. I know, that, like, that's what I was telling you before the stream, I mean, not a stream, I said stream podcast, before the podcast, I was like, yeah, we're supposed to be putting a bar tree, but I just don't trust the cats. No, and it's like, you know, you love the cats uh, 364 days out of the year, but, like, that one day, or actually, I just say the one holiday, like, the one season where you put a tree up, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, everything messes up, but, um. <laughs> month is shot <laughs> but i did want to say before we get into the actual um uh subject of the top 10 because it just dawned on me it is actually currently hanukkah um so anyone who's celebrating hanukkah happy hanukkah out there um happy hope, hanukkah. It's, hope it's a great one i know that some years it literally happens where hanukkah crosses with christmas but i guess um, this year, that's not the case. So, because I literally didn't know, I looked on Twitter. Um, I think a couple of nights back, and it was saying, "Oh, tonight's the first night of Hanukkah." So, again, for all of uh, our Jewish friends out there, Happy Hanukkah! Hope it is a great one. But Brittany and I, for this week's top ten, because it is getting closer to Christmas, and I said to her, "Okay, we're kind of obligated to do like a Christmas top ten since in October you always." do say like halloween themed top tens i guess we're supposed to do uh christmas top tens but so that's the thing is that i actually do love the holiday of christmas um 
you know, I do actually really love Christmas, but I will confess something, Brittany. I kind of really hate Christmas movies just because there's so many bad ones that are so cheesy out there. No, I feel the same way. Well, I think it's because it's very Hallmark Christmas where it's just like a cash grab of like uh, people wanting to watch these awful movies because every now and then my mom gets in that like spirit and she's like, oh, let's watch this one movie. It's about this lady who came from, a, like, a biz, like she came from New York City, and now she's in a small town, and she's reconnecting with, like... It's all of the same... <laughs> can I just say it's all the same plot? Like, yeah. you just described, like, the plot of at least 20 different Christmas movies. Oh, yeah, and she thinks he's poor because, you know, but really he's just really still in touch with them some. And she's like, oh, he's rich and he's able to do all this. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? Please, please help. <laughs> yeah, it's very overran by Hallmark and all of that. So I think that is very much a reason why I dislike Christmas movies, but every once in a while you get a solid Christmas movie. So Brittany and I decided to split it up for this top 10. We did a few in the past. We haven't revisited this format in a little while, but we are doing the top 10 best and worst Christmas films Um, just to break it up. And I feel like we should start with the top five worst because it's like, okay, get through the worst and let's end it strong, right? I feel like that makes sense. I like it. I like it. Makes sense to me. I will say before we pop in, you know I always have to give a shout-out to our amazing friends over at Stranger Damies. They are a real play D&D podcast um, from the main Damie family of podcasts. You can find them every Wednesday. Um, follow them on Twitter, at Instagram, at Stranger Damies. They are also proud members of Geek Fives Nation, so you can, of course, find them through us. I wanted to mention them because um, the main Damie, who are – so they're the same guys who do Stranger Damies, you know, Mark, Dan, Anthony, and then they do, like, a few different, like, podcasts, right? So they have Stranger Damies, and then they have their podcast called They Called This a Movie, which is where they go through really terrible movies every week and kind of break it down, right? So because it's December, they're doing a lot of Christmas movies, and that kind of inspired me to also want to do, like, worse Christmas movies in here because they just recently talked about Four Christmases. Have you heard of that movie? Because it sounds terrible. (laughs) When I was trying to do research on what I wanted to do, it got brought up a couple of times, but I don't actually remember it. Yeah, I never saw the actual movie, but I saw in my research as well that it came up a few times. So I think the general consensus is that it's a pretty terrible Christmas movie. So, yeah, I wanted to give out a huge shout out to the main Damie. They're always like our BFF. So let's kick it into our top 10 best and worst Christmas films. We're starting with the worst. And Brittany, uh, start us off at number 10. I'm, like, looking at my list, and I'm like, which one was the worst? I'm going to go ahead and go with Home Alone 3. Do you remember this movie? I vaguely saw Home Alone 3, but I already was disappointed considering that it was a different kid than Macaulay Culkin. So it's kind of like the first and second one were really good, right? So it's like you replace the actor. You kind of get rid of that charm. Well, there's that, and I feel like it. even, like, 
I don't feel like the kid actor was that bad, but definitely when you're, like, used to, uh, the, like, I have always have had trouble saying his name since I was a kid. Please, please say his name again. Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Since I was a kid, I have had trouble saying his name. (laughs) He he already is a great, he was a great child actor and is even great now. And I know he's kind of trying to start to make a comeback on things. And, you know, he does kind of meme about, like, you know, the Home Alone memes and everything. Oh, he was a great, like, Home Alone meme, I think, last year and stuff. And he's going to be um, in the latest season of American Horror Story. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to point that out. No, you're fine. I thought he was, like, first I got that you were to say American Gods, and I was like, well, I feel like you'd make, like, a good older brother to tech, like, to uh, technical boy. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. Perfect. But, um, you know, with him and everything, and I won't go too far into it, because, you know, later on in my list of, like, movies and everything, but... For him, it was very, like, set, like, you know, burglars and, you know, trying to outsmart them and being home alone. But Home Alone 3 was like, oh, they're, like, internationally wanted spies and they're working for, like, this is me going off the wiki right now. They're, like, working for a North Korean terrorist organization and they have this microchip, right, that's, like, worth $10 million dollars. And then they accidentally, the kid's mom accidentally takes that chip home with her because the freaking bags get switched. And so the kid stays home with, like, chicken pox, right? And it's about these internationally wanted spies who are, like, trying to get this chip back. And, it went, by the way, this movie didn't even make it to theater. It went straight to television, if that gives you any, like, inkling of, like, what is that go on with this movie. But I just feel like... Yes, you can have, like, a child prodigy, but I think it took away from the charm of, like, just some kid, like, outsmarting burglars that came into his home and, like, trying to survive instead of being, like, I don't care if this kid's a prodigy. Freaking, like, international spies are not going to be just, like, so easily outsmarted by one child. You know what I mean? Wait, I didn't... Okay, now I have a feeling that I didn't ever see this movie, and maybe I just saw, like, footnotes on it. That's really the the plot of Home Alone 3. That's terrible. <laughs> no, it's fucking awful. That's like, so bad. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, like, this kid, like, I think he wants to stay home from school, and so he fakes having chicken pox by just fucking, like, putting dots on him and, like, faking his temperature. And I And his mom, I think, like, his mom is single, and maybe that's, like, the reason why, but... If I had bad chicken pox and running a fever, my mom would not have left me home alone. Like, can we talk about that? Would your mom have left you alone as a freaking, like, even as a prodigy? The kid's like, like, I'm trying to see how old. Oh, he's eight years old. He's eight years old. And his mom leaves him (laughs) home alone with chicken pox. That is really bad. (laughs) No, seriously, like, I... And did you know, by the way, that I think they even made a fourth Home Alone. Like, they have continued to try to, um, the, the, the old expression is squeezing blood from a stone. So they have kept trying to squeeze blood from a stone for so long with this Home Alone franchise. And it's like, without Macaulay Culkin as a kid, it's just, 
not how it is, right? And it was good for the first two, right? I think the second one was great as well. But I also think it's one of those franchises that it's like, haha, okay, we, you know, we got it. We had our little fun, right? Um, and that's it. It's like, how often, like, can you repeat that, that it actually keeps its charm, you know? Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, quick thing. I did get it wrong. He did actually have chicken pox, but that makes it even worse. Can we talk about that? That's, <laughs> that's so bad. That's such a bad plot. I didn't even know that that was the plot. I just knew that it was a different kid, and it was terrible and widely known as a terrible movie. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so nowadays it's like obviously with COVID and the theaters being shut down, if something goes to a streaming service, that's not, say, a bad sign, right? That's almost like a good business move, right? But back in the day, if a movie didn't make it to theaters, that was a bad sign. <laughs> that was your sign, hey, don't we'll watch it. Like, I, I remember so many, like, straight-to-VHS movies that I was like, well, you know, but it's the sequel. It's the. By the way, have you noticed that sequels didn't do so bad, but the third time was never the charm, like, ever? Yeah. Like, like um, I loved, like, the, the second Lion King. You know, like with his daughter. Oh, I love the second Lion King with Scar's son or I don't even think. Yeah, it was supposed to be Scar's son. That was a good movie. That's why I was like torn. Like, I think it's like heavily implied, but I don't think they actually say it because technically that would make them first cousins because they hook up at the end. So they just like heavily implied. Oh, like, you know what it was? I don't think that it was oh, like. Sorry. I, I don't think that it was. I think it was just that the kid's, like, mom was so, like, enamored with Scar that she just wanted him to, like, emulate Scar or something like that. I really feel like that was the whole thing. Which is big nasty. Real big nasty. No, it is what it is, my dude. But, um, yeah, <laughs> Home Alone 3, uh, great way to start off the, uh, the worst section of this top ten. I'm going to take number nine, and it's going to be a, um, whatchamacallit, it? it's going to be a recent film, like a really recent film. This literally just came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But I watched it, and I was so bored um, with it, and I just didn't like it. So I don't know if you've heard or seen, like, um, the promos for this movie, but it's called Happiest Season, and it came out on Hulu. Do you know what I'm talking about? I heard of it okay so is this christmas movie i'll give you like the gist of it right and uh, the second actress i mentioned will already tell you as to why this was a bad movie so you have mackenzie davis who played cameron in halt and catch fire she's a great actress right um so you have mackenzie davis and she is in a relationship with Kristen stewart um and i'm oh. sorry I don't know why people keep giving Kristen Stewart roles. I don't think that she's good. Um, but that's just me. So it's just a personal thing. So anyway, um, whatchamacallit, it, the two of them are in a relationship, right? And Mackenzie Davis's character loves Christmas, loves the holidays. Kristen Stewart's character doesn't. 
Um, and Mackenzie Davis's character is like, you know, I'm going to go to my family's for the holidays. You should come with me. And at first, Kristen Stewart's character is like, no. And then, like, the next day, Kristen Stewart's character is like, you know, I love that you love Christmas. And I think I want to go with you to your family. And Mackenzie Davis is like, oh, you know what? That's actually a bad idea because, um, I, you know, I didn't think about this yesterday. But I think about today, I never told my family that I was gay. So, yeah. Oh, no. So they go to... Oh, um, no. Yeah, so they go to Mackenzie Davis's family's, ha- like, you know, house or whatever. And the whole thing is that they're not playing girlfriends. It's like, oh, here's my best friend who's an orphan who doesn't have any family for the holidays. So it's like, you know, oh. Oh, Mackenzie... So Mackenzie Davis's family is all like, oh, you know, you poor thing. Of course you're welcomed here. But the whole thing is like Mackenzie, not Mackenzie Davis, sorry, Kristen Stewart's like character feeling like really shitty that, you know, because Mackenzie Davis is like, you know, I never came out to my family and I'm really scared. And Kristen Stewart's character is like, I want to be with a woman who's not afraid to be who she is. And it's like, I'm not gay, so I can't ever say about, you know, how hard it is, right, for someone. But it's like, I feel through the whole movie that, like, Kristen Stewart's character is not giving, like, Mackenzie Davis's character any sort of chance. Like, she's very, like, pushy about the whole thing. and She's really insulted that Mackenzie Davis hasn't told her family about her yet or anything. And I just didn't, like like and again Kristen Stewart maybe if there's like a different actress it would have been like better but I just didn't like the movie it just seems really just bland to me and then the ending it's like all of a sudden like all is forgiven we love each other we're gonna be together you know screw Mackenzie Davis's family you know blah blah blah. and like I don't know it felt like it wrapped up really quickly where it had like this whole thing where like Kristen Stewart's character's like I'm done I can't do this anymore blah 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 and then it's like then at the very end they like meet at a gas station and it's like I choose you and it was like really cheesy in the rain and shit like that so I don't know it just didn't Compass the whole like cheesiness of Christmas movies. <laughs> it was like the cheesiness, but also like who wants to watch a movie where you feel like shit the entire time? Where you just feel like, oh, I'm watching like two people that like are having like relationship issues, but also hurt feelings. Where you're like, that's more stress than I need in my life right now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, the, you know, movie's called Happiest Season. It's trying to, like, capitalize on, on you know, the whole, like, jolliness of Christmas. But then you have, like, all this, like, drama the entire time, so it's just not enjoyable. And, like, um, Aubrey, I forgot, if her, yeah, I think her name is, like, Aubrey Plaza. You know who I'm talking about from Parks and Recreation? Wait, uh, Blunt, Leslie? No, no, no. She plays, um, oh gosh, she plays Chris Pratt's character's, uh, wife. Oh, oh, the one that's, like, mean as hell, but we love her for it. Exactly. She's also in the movie, and, like, her character honestly has more chemistry with Kristen Stewart's character than Mackenzie Davis's character does. So it's like, it also didn't make sense that Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart end up together at the end because of how great of a chemistry 
um, Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart's characters have. I kind of do hate when the app is where you're, like, rooting for them to get together in the end because obviously they're better, but because the other people have, like, this strong, like, emotional moment, they choose the other person, you're like, I think they would be happier with the other person. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, you know, I don't know, like, I know, like, my reasons for maybe disliking a Happiest Season are kind of, like, trivial, and I think that a lot of it does um, boil down to the fact that I dislike Kristen Stewart as an actress, but I just felt like there really was no substance there. No, I couldn't understand that. I think for me, I when I watch Christmas movies, like you said, I don't like to be stressed out during them. And I feel like I'd be stressed out the entire time. Because even though they can like probably like laugh stuff off, I'm sitting there going, Man, that would be really sucky. Like I well, think of it like from the opposite end. Like, how would you feel going to Christmas and the other person being like, Oh, by the way, they're an orphan and they have no one and they basically mean nothing to me. You'd be like, well, what the fuck? How well, are we ever going to tell them like, the truth? It's like this whole thing, because first of all, these, like, this is a real scenario that, you know, people who are in same-sex relationships deal with, right? So it's like you have, like, yeah. this really, like, intense, serious, real issue that people deal with, and it's like we're supposed to just kind of, like, chuckle it off because it's a Christmas movie, it's like it's like look it's so funny how oblivious Mackenzie Davis's parents are to the fact that they're actually in a romantic relationship and if I remember correctly um I think Mackenzie Davis does end up telling her family and they end up rejecting her which is super sad and fucked up. And then I think she tells Kristen Stewart's character at this well, point. You, know, you think about it. I was going to say, you think about it, like, uh, sorry, by the way, if I accidentally cut you off at all, it's because on my end, the signal keeps kind of fading in and out, and it will sound like you're not talking for a second, and then you're talking, so then I was like, oh no, don't think I'm being rude, but um, I was going to say, no, no, you're fine, no, um, I was sitting there, and I was thinking about, um, you know, without naming names and everything, because of, you know, personal life stuff, but I sit and think about someone in my own life who did have that situation where they had someone over that was their boyfriend, and they had to pretend that that person wasn't their boyfriend, and that they were just really good friends that just wanted to hang out for the holidays, and I was thinking about how bad that sucked for them and how awful it was to have to do that especially at a family get together so seeing that in movie form would just not be fun no that's what i'm saying and it's like you know for it to be so it's like it's it's sad all around right it's sad for Kristen stewart's character having to feel like she's invisible right it's sad for mackenzie davis's character to feel this such stress over coming out to her family because it's like you know um i believe Brittany and i sit here all the time we even talk you know if we had children and our children came out to us it would be no problem you know it would be not even like a thing you know it would be so love and accepting right but it's like there's so many families out there who wouldn't do that and it's it's just again seeing it in a movie that's supposed to be about christmas it's like it was just so stressful (laughs) 
I I know it's like you know the Simpsons things where it's like I didn't come here to feel it's yes. like that's how I feel with that it's like like I get it's like and and maybe for people that feel like they want to relate with the movie it is good for them but golly for a Christmas movie that's like that's a that's a hard thing to swallow. I just think maybe it would have been better if it was marketed different because it was like really marketed as this like really fun feel good movie and everything. And it's like maybe if they marketed more as like a drama or something, it would have been like better. I don't know. Let's have a good time watching these people's lives be, you know, hurtful because uh, like a homophobia in their family. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't yes. want to see that. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah. So, Happiest Season is my number nine. Uh, Brittany, what's your number eight? You know, it's funny because I actually love this movie, but it is a bad movie. Do you remember uh, Deck the Halls? Like, uh, with DeVito? I've heard of it, but I've never watched it before. I guess it's like, okay, so... Uh, Matthew Broderick's character is, like, very into, like, the Christmas spirit. You know, he's always wanted his kids to have, like, a great Christmas. You know, the Christmas cards, like, oh, all the lights and stuff. And the thing is, though, he starts getting, like, a rivalry with Danny DeVito, which anything with Danny DeVito is going to just be amazing. And, by the way, his trophy wife's name is Tia. So there yeah, you go. stop. Yeah. <laughs> But basically, I'll give you the short of it. It's just basically is uh, Danny DeVito's character, I think, is like a uh, car salesman. And, you know, he's really good at it. But I think it's like they need to more neighbors, but they're definitely like, by the way, can we talk about why does Danny DeVito always play a car salesman? He's just Matilda. He's just good at it. I guess he's just slimy like that. <laughs> because, like, in Matilda, he was a car salesman. And in the Always Sony in Philadelphia, he plays, like, a sleaze bag. Not saying all car salesmen are sleaze bags, but you get me. There, there's the uh, this the stereotype for it. But um, basically, you know, he has, like, a really hot wife and, like, really hot daughters. I know that sounds weird, but that is a lot more <laughs> in it. And, like, like, like and we just, yeah. So he has two daughters and everything. But basically, um, he wants his house to be seen from, like, a satellite, like, with how bright the Christmas lights are. But the thing is, is that... Uh, Obviously, having that bright of a home and, like, the kind of attention it brings. I I think, like, the thing is, is, like, Matthew Broderick's character, which is an optometrist, he, he it's just, I don't even know how to go about explaining it, but it's just bad in the sense that it is very corny, but it's one of those movies that is so bad that you love it, because it's like, oh yeah, stereotypically, like, he has the hot daughters, and, you know, Matthew Broderick's character has a son, and, you know, oh, look, you know, and, like, oh, there's the person that really has, like, the Christmas tradition, while the other person who's the sleazy car salesman, you know, just wants to use Christmas as a way to, like, you know, basically enjoy his own stuff but it's just like the rivalry is kind of funny and I know it's like funny to put it like on the worst ones but my thing is is that even the quote-unquote 
bad movies of Christmas. I always end up enjoying at least a little bit, except for Home Alone 3. I I despise that movie. But Deck the Halls was, like, not too terrible, but it is, like, one of those things that it does really feed on, like, stereotypes and, like, rivalry. And, oh, but, you know, by the end of it, they understand the spirit of Christmas, and it's not about the lights, Tia. It's not about the recognition. It's about, oh, just the good time we have together. And I'm like... See, that's what I'm saying. I hate, like, that whole, um, oh, God, what is it called? Like, uh, that recipe, right? That it seems that every Christmas movie likes to follow. Oh, all this conflict and bickering throughout the entire film. And at the end, everything comes together. And we realize that uh, Christmas is not a materialistic holiday and rather a holiday to spend with loved ones. And it's like, gag kill me now <laughs> and by the way could anybody actually make their house bright enough to be seen by a satellite is that even possible i doubt it i really doubt it could you think of like a place like new york city like yeah okay now you think of like that's like a bunch of lights together now take one singular home just super bright like maybe it's possible but i just I don't understand. And it's like their rivalry like causes like uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it where it's like, oh, but at the end they're like the lights don't like turn on in time for like an MTV show and they realize, oh, a plug is undone. They plug it in and oh my God, everything's perfect and great. It's all fine to you. Yeah, I think it's you. What was I going to say? Um, so when I was listening to the episode from They Call This a Movie where they were talking about Four Christmases, right? They talked about how there was, like, this portion of time, uh, maybe in, like, the early 2000s, where, like, every Christmas movie had to deal with, like, really dysfunctional people. Like, all these, like, really dysfunctional neighbors who always got into, like, beefs with each other. And I always, like, would see movies like that and go... Where does this happen? Because it certainly isn't happening anywhere I've ever lived. Like, is it just in these small suburban areas where no one has anything else better to do? I'm about to say, on that note, like, there's some people that are super into Christmas, like, unbelievably into Christmas. Because freaking, um, there's someone in my life, right, that's 16, and I, I'm telling you, I was hanging out with this kid in, like, uh, June, July, right? And mm-hmm. she had blaring Christmas music. Just Christmas music. And I was like, what are we listening to? She's like, oh, I just really love Christmas music. I listen to it. Like, she listened to it like, like we listened to Eminem growing up. Like, that's how hard she went for Christmas music. And so she was staying over at my parents. And she freaking was taking a shower. You know how sometimes you put on music while you're showering? She was listening to freaking Christmas music. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> Christmas music is not allowed to me until December 1st, okay? Like, I love Thanksgiving. Can we not give Thanksgiving its own moment? Like, it it makes me actually so mad that people start putting up Christmas decorations after Halloween as if they completely forget the best food holiday of the year. Um, it really, it just, it disturbs me, but I was going to say, um, I mean, like, you know, some people go really hard on, say, Christmas decoration, and I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that, 
you know? Like, one of our favorite things, especially when I was living with my parents, uh, was around Christmas driving around to where the neighborhoods that have houses are to look at the Christmas lights because some people really, you know, do a really good job. And there was actually this house in Pelham that for decades um, did a thing because they had this, like, really – it was, like – you know, two sisters and a brother lived in this really big house in Pelham, and they did this thing where they, I think they were, like, clothing designers, right? So they obviously had, say, like, a lot of mannequins in their house and everything. So for Christmas, they would literally, like, set up on their front lawn this, like, amazing Christmas you know, scenery every year with their mannequins and their outfits and their displays and people would come and take pictures. It was this big thing. I don't think they did it last year because of, um, I think one of the siblings got sick because they were quite older. And I certainly don't believe that they did it this year due to COVID because, you know, they don't want people to congregate like that. But this, this house for decades and decades, like you ask anyone who lives in Westchester, like, they've at least once gone to this house to see the display. So it's like, I get it. Like, that's fine. But you watch these movies and it literally, they make it seem as if it's all out war. And I've literally never heard of anyone in real life actually applying that. Man, now I kind of want to see it though. I want to see people go ham over some freaking Christmas lights. Not this year. (laughs) I, 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 didn't you used to like uh is this too much information about like the the Jerry Springer show? Like, oh, I I used to intern at the Jerry Springer show. Yeah, yes. I, I, I say that on social media sometimes. Like like it's like what you said where it's like um people just being in conflict cuz oh it just makes good television. It's like do people are are they just that traumatic in real life? And I guess sometimes they are, but jeez. Yeah, people, like, love, I guess, seeing people going up against each other, and that's probably what, what, I don't know, I don't know. The the Christmas movies at that time made it seem like every family was the most dysfunctional family ever, and it's like, I don't know, I don't have that type of family, so it's like, you watch those movies, and it's like, well, why do they even bother getting together at that point? (laughs) movies where it's like oh it's fine because they're quirky and stuff and you're like that just sounds like a dysfunctional family that needs therapy like yeah you always hear like oh they're quirky and it's like no they really just seem mean i know because i'm telling you if i had family members like that i would dread like having christmas and seeing people i'd be like i'd find i'd find excuses not to go so Uh Understand it, but um, great uh, pick for number eight, Deck the Halls. I'm going to get number seven, which is going to be my last on the worst list. And it's a movie that came out a few years ago, and it's actually like a horror Christmas movie. Oh, but, no. So have you ever heard of the movie Krampus? No. Oh, no, I have heard of it, but I have not seen it. Okay, but do you know, like, the story of Krampus? Yeah, Krampus will come and, like, basically just beat the shit out of you if you're a bad kid. (laughs) Yeah, like, Krampus is, like, the anti-Santa Claus. He... So the whole movie plays on that whole lore. You know, a family gets together and, like, the grandma or something's telling the old story of Krampus and all of that, and... 
It's been a long time since I've seen it, and admittedly, I saw it in the theaters. I think I saw it with Cindy. I have no idea what caused us to want to go see this movie and pay money for it. This is why, like, I'm not a big theater person, because I'm like, you will find, you'll be like, I want to go to movies, but nothing good is playing. Let's just buy a a ticket for $15 for some crap-ass movie. So, you know, we did that, and we saw it in theaters, and... Again, I didn't retain, like, a whole lot of it. I probably should have looked it up, uh, like, on Wikipedia to at least, you know. I'm going to do that now. You know what? Let me do justice in my explanation of this. Sometimes I have to refresh because the thing is, is like, that's a lot of movies that we go over that you're like, my brain cannot physically contain that many movies and their entire plot line. Like, I've seen freaking uh, Silence of the Lamb a million times, but it always takes me a minute to go, is it Silence of the Lamb or Lambs? And I always have that issue every time I bring it up. You know what? It just like, oh, movie. I was just going to say, I'm surprised that you're not going to put that on the list. Uh, you know what? When you get your family together and you want to just be happy to be alive, you think about us. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. I'm going to go through this quickly, right? It says, three days before Christmas, the prosperous but dysfunctional, and again, always a dysfunctional family, yeah. Engel family, gather for the holidays. Um, Max Engel remains a firm believer in Santa Claus and tends to send him a letter you know, he's got his family, and then the grandma mostly speaks German, and yada, 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 yada. You know, they got their whole family together, right? They want to do, yeah. they want to do the traditions, but tensions arise, you know. There's all just a nasty, oh, that's it. Okay, so because this family is, like, so fucking nasty to each other, right, slow, there's a huge blizzard in the movie, and pretty much the gist of it is slowly, one by one, Krampus starts picking them off. But it's not like he's just beating them. He's literally killing everyone in the fucking movie. Oh, that's, like, that's okay. That's totally normal and happy <laughs> Christmas movie. And the whole thing that you find out is, like, that the grandma once encountered um, Krampus, like, as a child and everything. And she was the only survivor of, like, the first attack on her family by Krampus. So this is, like, a coming back or something like that. So it's just really, like, horror, and I just didn't like it. It was really fucked up, like, super fucked up and shit like that. Um, And it involved, like, evil toys, you know, and paranormal shit. Like, it wasn't just Krampus. It was, like, Krampus could, like, control things, like, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, again, I don't remember all of it, and the plot of this on Wikipedia is super long. Um, But it's... Yeah, and, like, honestly, no one, like, really, like, there's never a moment in the movie where, like, the family realizes that this is happening because they were shitty people, so there's no, like, reconciliation or anything like that. Um, You know, the kid even dies, even though he was, like, the nice one or something. And then, but the thing, though, but the thing, though, that's the most horrible of all of this, right? Oh, no. Brittany, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, my God. Why are these fucking, like, I'm sorry for everyone who's listening, but why are these goddamn telemarketers calling me on a freaking Sunday? Sorry. Whenever we use Skype to, 
we use Skype to record, and when someone calls, for some reason, Skype, like, pauses your Skype call because an incoming call is happening. It's like, no, I don't want to answer that. So I apologize, everyone. But what was the last thing you heard me say? You're going to say the the worst part isn't even that. Like, you're basically okay. continuing. So- So the worst part of it is at the very end of the movie, the little kid wakes up, right? And everything's happy and shit like that. And he's like, oh, my God, what if it was just a dream? It's not come to, you know, the whole family's like, did we just dream all that that happened, right? Come to find out, no, right? The, the, The camera pans out and Krampus is now keeping them all in a snow globe for him to keep forever to observe. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, it's all right, then. I like, hated it. Like, I was like, like, "This is a waste." Better, <laughs> like, oh, but, but, like, I don't understand. What happens if they're still bad? Does he just come and kill them a second time? I don't know. Nothing. Um, I don't understand the whole plot of it. Again, I it's on Hulu for anyone who wants to actually watch Krampus. Um, but it was a pretty terrible movie from 2015. I wouldn't suggest it. Um, it was very strange, which is weird because it has like um, it has uh that one actress uh who is in like Hereditary and everything, and she's a pretty good actress. Um. Tony Collette. You know, I mean, she's a pretty good actress, and it's kind of like, why were you in this? <laughs> you I should not have been in this. Do you ever feel like sometimes horror movies get like, it's very like B listed, but then again, you think about for a good scary movie, you have to have like such emotion, like raw emotion for it? Well, yeah, I mean, like if you watched her. Perry, which also has Tony Collette. It's a pretty good horror movie, and she really gives, like, a really great performance. And if you've ever watched Midsommar, which is so funny, like, Kanan hated Midsommar. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a pretty gruesome freaking horror film. And the main actress in it, Florence Pugh, who is actually playing uh, the next Black Widow in the MCU, she's in it. And, I mean, she is just, like, throwing out emotion that whole entire movie so it's like yeah you need people to really convey like that they're going through this like horrific situation man you know what i don't think i could do scary movies if i was an actress though i feel like i cry enough as it is i don't need to cry in movies oh my god i think about that right because um paulie and i have been watching every once in a while on youtube there's like these two youtubers one is called nexpo and another is called nick crowley and they do all of that like disturbing things on youtube or something like that or eerie disappearances and i'll watch it i'm so frightened and i think about them like what if you were acting this say in like a movie i'm like i don't think i could that would still give me nightmares (laughs) i know i'm um, I'm pretty wimpy, Tia. I don't think I could take it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I put Krampus down as number seven. I maybe there are some people that liked it. It did get a theatrical release, but um, I don't know. I think it was like people were trying to capitalize on. Oh, how do we make Santa scary? Well, there is an anti-Santa in 
you know, some ancient lore. Let's touch upon that. But it really just was, like, bad. Krampus <laughs> had, like, a weird, like, rise up, though. Like, it was like people, like, he's existed forever. People are suddenly like, oh, let's make, you know what, let's make Christmas scary this year. That's a good idea. I think you're right. I feel like suddenly the general public discovered, like, what Krampus was. Because I think when they, because I feel like I knew about the legend of Krampus, not maybe so deeply, but I at least knew. <laughs> not so violently. But I remember when this movie was coming out and there was marketing, you know, there was like BuzzFeed articles, like, did you know there was an anti-Santa? And it's like people were just discovering who the hell Krampus was. And I was like, for some reason, people became obsessed with learning about this. We as a society are a very weird group. We very much are. But uh, Brittany What's number six, which is going to round out the top five, I guess, the worst Christmas movies? Okay, so I really love the Santa Claus movies, but I did not like freaking, uh, you know, with Tim Allen, right? The third one, the third one sucked. Like the Escape Clause. Oh, I saw this when I was looking at, like, worst uh christmas movies this kept popping up what's the actual title of it it's called uh the santa claus three because it's clause like a clause in a you know in a paper and it's the escape clause and so so you know like the first movie was about how um like you know he basically kills santa and has to take over the the santa mantle and so the second one was about him, like, you know, you have to have a Mrs. Claus. So, you know, he gets married. But I'm at, like, re- I'm doing the same thing with Wiki where I'm, like, trying to, like, find a good way to tell you. But it's like, uh, who has now become a teacher in this poll? She, let's see. I'm trying to find the best way to say this because it's been a long time. I just remember how awful it is. I know I think Jack Frost is in it, and he's wanting to basically, um, what's the word for it? He's wanting to be, like, the new Santa Claus. He's basically telling, like, Tim Allen's character, which Tim Allen's great and everything. I love Tim Allen. But this movie was just, like, I guess it was just, like, another cash grab. You know how we said sequels are all right, but in threes you're like, okay, you're beating a dead horse. but he really just wants Santa to renounce his position. That's why it's called the escape clause because, you know, that's how you can get out of it. But I can't remember why exactly he wants to be like Santa. I think it's because the powers that come with it and Jack Frost is a dick. But um, but it's basically like him reverting back to his normal state. Because do you remember the first one when he, like, takes on the Santa thing he starts putting on the weight and he's like, yeah. oh. And then he starts going on the beard and his cheeks get real rosy. Uh, like, there's even a point where Jack Frost, like, freezes a kid's parents and locks her in a closet. It's, uh, like, there's so much shit going on. But uh, it even goes back into uh, the beginning where, like, he, the other Santa falls off the roof and he replaces himself with Frost does it so that he can be the new Santa. But it's, like... 
But the thing is, is that uh, Tim Allen's character, it turns out that if he had never become Santa, he would have become a CEO, and he's been, like, super rich, but his business takes priority over family, and that uh, Scott also learns that Laura and Neil divorced, so so he would have never met, which sets his wife's, like, parents, I guess. So, like, she moved away, so it's like he never would have met her, and so it's all this shit going on where it's, like, basically, like, oh, you may not wanted to be Santa, but if you hadn't been Santa, you basically would have been a shitty, awful person. But you go, okay, that plot's not so bad, right? But when mm-hmm. you've already seen the first two, and I, I know that was a little confusing, I just had to refresh myself because it's hard sometimes when you know a movie's awful, but you got to remember exactly why it was awful. Why is it that... Every time life doesn't go a certain way for a person, like you change the past, they always turn into a shitty, awful person. Because sometimes I feel like shittiness is inherently in a person and not just like, oh, always just shaped by their past events. So, like, you know, there's sometimes there's a bully as a kid that turns out better as an adult, but most more times than not, they're not. So I'm like, are you telling me that if this dude didn't become Santa and become the jolliest, happy person in the world, he would be, like, the complete opposite of himself and, like, want nothing to do with his family? Like, the why does every, like you said, why does every Christmas movie have to be in conflict? Like, the first one was great, like. Him taking on, you know, being Santa, and two, like, oh, you know, uh, Santa always has to have a Mrs. Claus, which, you know, like, oh, you know, so he could keep his powers. But why in the third one does he suddenly not want to be Santa anymore? I feel like it just makes the first two mute movies mute. You know what I mean? Well, this is what I'm saying is the same thing with the Home Alone 3, right? First of all, it's the third one. But it's... Like, okay, the first one was good, so maybe you can do that one more time. And the second one was good. You made money. It's like, end it at that. You can't keep squeezing out ideas from this franchise. It's going to become stale, and then the franchise is just going to then be remembered as like, oh, remember that really shitty third one? Yeah, I I feel the same on that. Because... There's been times where, like, it's very rare that I ever see a third movie that's good. I think, like, How to Train Your Dragon. I think the third one was really good of it. But I don't the think only, so much. The only third movies that are good are from the Marvel universe. <laughs> I, think, I think with those, it's like at least they had to think it out and make everything connect. But with, like, these kind of movies, they're like, mm, money, it's delicious. Like they're just I grasping just, at straws. <laughs> nah, I guess just for me, I just, I just, there's so many times with these Christmas movies where I just want to have a good time and have a happier time. And I know they're always supposed to have like a meaning to them, but how, do you ever feel like there's that shitty of people that you're always like, well, they need to have life just be shitty to them to, like, make them realize that they were bad people. I'm like, I don't feel like that's how life is. Yeah, I do I not actually feel that way. I feel like movies love, especially movies in the past, want to be, like, so black and white about things. Like, oh, you're shitty. Here's your shitty life or something like that. Or something, you know? I also feel, I was just thinking about it. Did you ever see the old movie, It's a Wonderful Life? It's, like, one of those classic Christmas movies. 
Uh, that sounds familiar. There was a Harvest Moon game called It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I know that one. Let me, so, I'm it's, at so It's a Wonderful Life is like a really classic movie. It came out decades ago, probably in the 50s or something like that. It's all about this guy who wants to commit suicide because he feels as if his life and his family would be better off without him. And right as he's about to pretty much jump off a bridge and guardian angels like shows him what the lives of everyone else would be like if he wasn't around. And in fact, their lives would be terrible. You know, like he does mean something. People would mourn his loss. People would want him to be around, you know, and so then it gives him a second chance. And, you know, that's why he's like, oh, it's a wonderful life because, you know, my life is good, actually. So it's like I feel as if movies like, say, um, the third Santa Claus movie are trying to, like, it, you know, try and touch upon that whole, like, oh, let them see what their lives would be like if they, you know, didn't do this or if they weren't around or something. Like, trying to kind of play into that it's a wonderful life sort of uh, thing. I know. And I, and I can get it on that. I guess it's just, like, it felt so, like, rushed out. Like, I guess it's like, you ever feel like you can smell the greed in a movie? Where it's like, these were profitable, and it's Christmas time, so what do people want to see during Christmas? They want to see Christmas movies. Yay! Yay! <laughs> By the way, my mom's going to listen to this, and she's going to text me and be like, I can't believe that Britney's never seen It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I know, I can already hear your mother's voice. I'm scared. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so, I was the last name. I always like Miss Tia. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but before we move on to the best section, did you have any honorable mentions for the worst section? Oh no, I I think I'm okay. I struggled a little more with the worst because, like I said, I I like a lot of bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, what was I gonna say? Oh my gosh. Um. I guess the only honorable, me- you know, I won't mention it. It's not even that big a deal, and it's a pretty beloved movie, so I won't make anyone mad here. But let's like, move on. Well, today, Tia, <laughs> it's Elf. I didn't like Elf. Like I thought it was kind of obnoxious, and I like it's a little one- awkward. Like, one-time viewing is fine, right? But, like, some people love that movie, like, so much to the point where they are watching it constantly. And it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But, anyway, let's move on. Um, So, so I will get number five, and this is the first one in our top best uh, Christmas films. And I'm going to do a classic that we watch every year, like, literally every year um around this time and it's literally called a christmas story (laughs) oh my gosh yes (laughs) i mean i don't know if it happens near you but there's some channel that literally plays it on a loop 24 hours like like as it should as as it should so a christmas story for those who don't know it's just such a classic i think it came out in the 80s and it's all about this young boy who really wants the um oh god what is it called the uh it's the gun it's like he wants this bb gun like the red Right. Oh God! Now I can't even remember what it was called. I'll, I'll keep. It. Oh, Red Rider Air Rifle. Yeah, exactly. He wants it. You know, he like he doesn't want anything else for Christmas 
other than this fucking BB gun. It's all he wants. Dry out, kid. Yeah, and also that's the thing. He asks for it, and his mom is like, you'll shoot your eye out, right? And so throughout the whole entire movie, it's like him even in class, like uh, his his teacher, you know, telling everyone to write a paper of what they want for Christmas. And he writes this whole paper as to why, why he wants this gun. And at the very end, and so when she grades it and gives it back, it goes, you'll shoot your eye out. So it's like this port. And it's so funny because he's like voicing it over. He's talking about his family, you know, his, his younger brothers, kind of like a little wimp. He has his friends who are all always getting chased and beat up by these bullies. Um, And there's just so many amazing moments in a Christmas story. Like, for me, huh? Doesn't he lose it and just beat the shit out of his bully at some point? Oh, yeah, he, like, loses it, completely beats the shit out of his bully. But there are so many funny-ass, like, scenes to me. And, like, way too many to kind of, like... uh, name but i'm just going to point out two that to me are the funniest ones in the movie you've seen this movie right Brittany? so like you can bounce off too yes yes okay so my two favorite scenes are one when the father wins that say raffle right and he gets and he gets the shipment and first of all this like massive box is shipped and it says fragile on it and the father goes fragile it must be italian and the wife and the wife and the wife is like i think it says fragile and so he opens it up and the the prize is the most god awful looking lamp because it's literally a leg wearing fishnet stockings and he loves it he like puts it out in the window he wants to so proudly display it and the wife is so up like appalled by this freaking lamp it's so great and then my second favorite in the whole entire movie is first of all i will say ralph does get his gun at the end of the movie and he doesn't shoot his eye out per se but he does ruin his glasses Um, but my favorite thing is like, you know, the wife was cooking this beautiful Christmas, um, you know, meal all day. And apparently they have neighbors that have like six freaking like great Danes, right? They have like a million dogs who are always getting out of the neighbor's yards and going into other people's houses. And just in that moment, because their door, I guess, isn't locked. The dogs bust through the frickin' door, completely ruin the entire meal, knock it over, eat the thing, you know. So it's just like, and I just loved, like, like the kid Ralph's um, uh, voiceover where he's like, there's no Thanksgiving, no, th- no uh, not Thanksgiving. He's like, there's no turkey, no turkey au gratin, no turkey stuffing, no turkey. Like, he's going, like, no turkey leftovers. He's, like, oh so God. upset. <laughs> I love this uh, fucking movie. <laughs> like, my thing is, like, when the wife finally loses it over the freaking lamp. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, like, screaming. And, uh, oh, my, you know what, you know what my favorite is? It's what? like, oh, fudge. He's like, oh, but, yeah. I, but I didn't I, say fudge. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been me as a kid. My parents would have beat the life out of me. And the best is that he um he he uh blames his friend for saying it like oh I heard because he wouldn't dare 
because he wouldn't dare to say that he heard his father say that word all the time, and you hear the poor kid getting the shit beat out of him by his mom on the other end. <laughs> so bad. Oh, oh my god. No, the, the one where he's trying to do the decoder thing because he thinks he's going to get this really important message through the radio, and it's like, don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> Oh my god, I quoted that not too long ago. I'm like, why your professor is like, no, you didn't. No, you did not. I'm like, yes. Yes, I did. I'll say one last amazing scene in this, because again, I love this movie, and it, it plays every year, and I'll watch it every year. Like, it's the peak Christmas movie of all Christmas movies to me. Um... Whatchamacallit, it? I love the one where he's at the mall to tell Santa what he wants, and then he just, like, puts them on the slide, and he's like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> like, like, not backwards, but, like, where his stomach is down, and he's just, like, looking up at Santa. Didn't he step on his, like, no, he, like, pushes him with he his foot. He pushes him with his foot, because, oh, because the thing is, is that, like, he wanted to tell Santa what he wanted for Christmas, but he got so nervous that he didn't say it. So when they went to go put him on the slide, he, like, stopped himself. And he's like, I want a Red Rider BB gun. And Santa's like, you'll shoot your eye out. And then he, like, moves his <laughs> with his foot. <laughs> oh, my God. I need to see this movie this Christmas. Oh, my God. It's so great. And you... It's such a time capsule because you're because the thing is it was made in the 80s, but I think it's supposed to take place it or it's supposed to take place in the 50s. Right. So it's like you sit there and you go, God damn, like Christmas was terrifying back then. Like Santa's terrifying. The elves are terrifying. You know, <laughs> they're like kids are getting their freaking tongues stuck to poles. Parents are making them wash their mouths out oh, with soap. God. They scare me so bad to stick my tongue to anything cold. Yeah, because the kid's like, he's like, I double dog dare you. He's like, I triple dog dare you. And they're like, oh, no, not the triple dog. No one can say no to the triple dog dare. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Would you not feel like if you were double dog daring that you would not want to be the person that it always falls on the triple dog? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It'd be like, come on, man. Really? We're going to adhere to this like stupid kids. <laughs> it's only like a kid thing. That they... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just thinking about like me as a kid. Like I was that kid that wanted to touch the hot iron just to see if it really was actually that hot. And so I remember one time, like, like almost daring myself to, like, lick, like, a really cold pole. And I was like, no, what if it actually happens? So I remember, like, I went, like, my childhood scared of doing it. And then I got it stuck on an ice cube. And I was like, no. <laughs> it's happening. I've never been trying to stick on an ice cube before. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> I can't imagine that it would. But... I was going to say one last thing about A Christmas Story because it is a constant. It's like you ever have those things in your family where it's like this happens all the time and it's a known thing. Like everyone knows it. We even like mention it, right? Um, Again, like this movie, A Christmas Story, I believe it was made in the 80s or maybe at least the late 70s, somewhere around that time, right? But again, it's supposed to take place in the 50s. My dad, who is a hairstylist, will always say every time the movie comes on, 
Well, you know, the mom's hair uh, style isn't uh, – it isn't accurate to a 1950s hairstyle. Her hairstyle is uh, what they would have been wearing in the 1970s. It's not a 1950s hairstyle. Without fail, my dad will every time. Every time. Every time. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds like your dad. That's funny. That's. That's. Um, <laughs> I guess it makes sense, but I don't know. Um. I'm trying to think. You know, it is funny, though, when you said, like, it's supposed to take place in the 50s, because I I will say there's I wouldn't have not guessed it was in the 50s. I mean, I kind of guessed a little just with, um, like, the fact that they were listening to radio shows and everything. Like, that really, I don't think, was a thing in the 70s. Like, you know, in-home TVs were much po- more popular. So I think the fact that they, you know, would sit down and run and, you know, listen to the radio every single morning to, like, listen to their favorite shows is very much, like, a 1950s and before sort of thing. I guess that makes sense. You, you, you got me. You got me. <laughs> um, I was going to say one last thing before we moved on. The actor who played Ralph, right, Ralphie, the young kid, um, did you know he was in the first Iron Man and he was in Spider-Man Far From Home? He's see, the boy with that. the glasses. Let me see. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta see this guy. Wait. I, a Christmas story. Wait, wait for it. Let me see this kid. Because the actor's name is... Well, normally they'll show... Oh, there's cast. Give me just a second. Uh, <laughs> it's important, guys. Yeah, I don't know his name, like, offhand. Just, like, look him up and just type in, like, Iron Man. Okay, let me see. Iron Man. Iron Man. I like how it popped up instantly. Let me see this dude. What did he play? He played just a scientist. So in Iron Man, he played a scientist that was working alongside Opadaya. Yeah. The one yeah. that, like. Like, uh, what's-his-face, the main villain, like, gets all up in his face. Yeah, yeah, Obadiah, like, gets all up in his face um, in Iron Man 1. And then in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, Mysterio, his little crew of all disgruntled ex-Tony Stark workers, oh he's one God, of them. Oh, my God, I know, yes, 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 I know who you're talking about, yes. The one that's, like, all excited that they're about to screw him over. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a cute little Easter egg there. You know what? That's cute. I like it. I like it. So, yeah, number five is A Christmas Story. Brittany, what's your number four? Let me see here. Remember, we're doing best now. We're doing best. That's good because that's all I got on here. I had a (laughs) Christmas story, so I'm going to take that one off. That's why I was so excited when you said it. Um, I'm going to go with... uh, Oh, Rise of the Guardians. Have you heard of this movie? I have not, actually. It's actually an animated film, and it's about, um, I'm trying to think of the best word for it. So there's, like, these guardians, right? And each guardian is, like, a play on, like, the the uh, the stories we hear today. Like, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, Jack Frost, and the Boogeyman, Right which I don't know if he's called the boogeyman. I have to, like, look on that. 
But basically, that uh, the man in the moon chooses a guardian, and a guardian is like normally someone that uh, is like say they're uh, so like the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus are one of them, right? And I know at some point they don't want somebody else to be one. They're like, oh, anybody but that guy. But um, so Santa Claus is actually like, they all have like different names that aren't actually like Santa Claus. It's just like Saint something. But uh, Santa Claus is like a big Russian dude. And uh, the Easter Bunny is like, um, he's like, like, almost like furry-esque, I know that's like an awful way to say it, but like very humanoid, like stands up and has an Australian accent, because of course, why not? Uh, the Tooth Fairy is like, she looks like a humanoid, like hummingbird, which I guess kind of makes sense of like, oh yeah, that's how she gets around so fast, and Jack Frost is like a boy, um, you know, very icy, very like, um, very like someone I think that when we were younger, like there is like a whole fandom around this fucking dude, okay? Around Jack Frost. Well, I feel but, like that's now where I've heard this from because as you're describing it, I was like, I've definitely seen gifts of this on Tumblr. Yes, because people always ship him with Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which makes sense, but you got me. So the yeah. whole thing is that, uh, Everybody really believes in, like, Santa Claus and, you know, the Sandman and all these other ones, right? And they're the Guardians. And basically, um, I think, I don't know if he's called the Boogeyman, but, you know, basically fear, like, nightmares and stuff. He really wants the kids to believe in him because, you know, belief is power and you can't see them unless you believe in them, Right. And so, basically, he's trying to take belief away from, like, say, the Tooth Fairy to make her powers wane. He uh, starts stealing all the teeth, right? So, people are like, oh, the Tooth Fairy doesn't exist. She didn't take my tooth and leave me anything, right? And it's basically weakening her, and it could make her disappear. Well, the whole thing is like, so they're trying to bring down this dude, but the man on the moon chooses Jack Frost as the new guardian. But the whole thing with him is that children can't see him, and he feels isolated and outcasted. He has no memories, because most of these people had a human life, or at least they, like, explain the Easter Bunny, I think, is from, like, a different planet, and he's, like, the last of his kind, right? And, I, you know, it's this whole thing. But, you know, most of them were human in a different life, and they have, like, some memory of why they were chosen to be a guardian, right? So, Jack Frost thing is, kids can't see him, but he's supposed to be, like, fun, and he makes snow days for the kids, you know, he has fun with them, but they can't see them, and this one kid starts to see him, and he keeps, like, denying, like, he's kind of like the outcast that he keeps trying to be chosen for a guardian, but he keeps running from it, and, like, the Sandman dies in it and everything, but this is, like, where the spoilers come in. You find out the entire reason he was chosen and the entire reason that all his powers are in his staff, right, is because he was a human kid, right, and he died when he was 14 because him and his sister lived in a village, and they were ice skating in this village, and the ice started to crack, and, well, he saved her, but when he did, he fell into the ice, and he drowned, but because of the selfless act, the man in the moon made him a guardian, but he doesn't remember his past. So it's kind of like this big awakening that, like, each of these guardians have a center. Like, uh, 
Easter is the Easter Bunny's hope because he him and Spring bring in like the hope of the new year, like Spring, you know, like new life. And mm-hmm. Santa Claus, I think, was like, uh, oh, I think it's like joy or something like that. But you find out his center is like fun, like you know the joy that these children feel and like all this stuff. So it's a whole big thing. Uh, it's not joy because it's fun because I think Santa Claus is joy. But they're just racing up because even the boogeyman like tries to get Jack Frost on his side. He's like, oh, you know, they they believe in Santa Claus and all these, but they don't believe in you and they don't believe in me and we could join up because that's Jack Frost's thing is he does feel so isolated because no one does believe in him there's even a point where like the 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 kid that finally sees him the kid is like um she's like oh don't let Jack Frost nip your nose and he's like who's Jack Frost and she's like oh nobody honey and Jack Frost's like hey whoa <laughs> I guess it's such a cute animated film and it does have like such a huge fandom on it. I really don't have any complaints about it now, I, like, I like that they did a t- different turn on it like I like that Santa Claus is a big scary uh, Russian dude who has naughty and nice tattooed on each of his arms <laughs> I definitely have seen um gifts of this movie it's so familiar to me and i remember um like the heyday of probably the fandom when it first came out because i could not scroll through tumblr without seeing something about this film but i actually haven't ever seen it myself um it sounds really super interesting and i love when movies uh take those sort of liberties and they can actually execute it properly so I do really like the idea of this film and the fact that it's an animated film. It really gives you the freedom to kind of get a lot of these things uh, done while also, whatchamacallit, oh, what was I going to say? You know, like without it looking cheesy. I know, like, I like that they could take more of a mature turn with some things. Like, you would, who would you think, like, Jack Frost died as a kid, you know? And I think for me, the reason I like Santa Claus being a big Russian dude is he acts just like Alexi, by the way. <laughs> like, he acts just like Alexi. I may need that after this. Just, just fair warning. <laughs> fair warning. But, um... I, I don't know. It was just, it was really good. And I think, like, it did have, like... It very, uh, you know, when, like we were doing fan fiction and there was the tag hurt slash comfort. That's this entire movie. That's oh, this entire movie is like her outcast, you know, because like the Easter, by the way, the Easter Bunny, Bonnyman is actually his name. Uh, it, it's like E. Aster uh, Bunnyman is his name, like Easter Bunny. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but him, he does not like Jack Frost because of, uh, He's like because uh, of a famous blizzard that came on like an Easter Sunday and oh, like basically geez. ruined Easter and it was Jack Frost's fault. He'll never let him live it down. I can't remember who they didn't want. There was like somebody like when a new guardian was getting chosen and stuff uh, that they're like, oh, anybody but that guy. But then when the Easter Bunny found out it was Jack Frost, he's like, okay, never mind. I, I don't like that guy. Oh, wow. So I guess I should definitely check it out because it sounds really interesting. It sounds really fun and touching at the same time. So, yeah, I will definitely put it on my list. Do it. Do it now. Um, Let's get to – sorry, I had, like, some indigestion there. But uh, let's get to the third one. 
And I'm going to put a movie that I love, um, and it's the live-action version because there's a cartoon version as well, which is also obviously classic. But I'm doing the live-action version, and it's going to be Jim Carrey's The Grinch. I knew it. it. Is it on your list, too? Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Okay, okay. Um, So, I mean, keep in mind I haven't seen this in a while, but we all know, like, the story. I I would assume most of us around our age knows the story of the Grinch. You know, this guy who, this green guy who hates this town, who they're just so jovial and happy and they love Christmas and they sing and he doesn't like it because his heart is, you know, two sizes too small and he's so bitter. And one day he decides to, um, you know, get back at this really joyous town by taking away everything that he thinks makes Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, right? He takes the candy away. He takes the pies away. He takes all the decoration away. He takes everything that is like the materialistic sense of Christmas. And he's like, that'll get them. That'll make them, you know, pissy and shit, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I think they're like, what, the Whoville, the people of Whoville or something, right? And they like, uh, they get up and it doesn't affect them at all. They still are happy they're still wishing everyone merry christmas and all that they're just still in a in a such joyous mood and he's like i don't understand he's like i took everything away and then and they're you know blah blah blah. so then then the story is that his heart grows you know like three times bigger and stuff and he decides to save her which is, yeah, when you think about it, you're like, that's not healthy. Um, Doesn't even hurt him, where he's like, oh. (laughs) But then he, you know, he gives all the presents back, and the people of the town invite him for dinner, and it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's a great story, right? So, you know, you could watch the cartoon version, which is fun. It's great. It's a nice little story. But then they had a version with Jim Carrey as the Grinch. And, you know, Jim Carrey's just amazing like they just allowed him to go full-on insane he's there just like doing his thing and I think that's why I love the live action version so much just because it's like he's so funny as the Grinch he's so grumpy he like even though he's awesome you could just clearly see the Jim Carrey classic faces and everything and so I don't really have anything like much to say with that other than it's just the classic story of the Grinch just with Jim Carrey added and it's like I didn't know I needed Jim Carrey as the Grinch and it's like they do a good enough job in the movie in keeping the original story while also just feeling like as if it isn't just a boring shot for shot remake so i really like that i love the colors and the hairstyle and shit and it's just like a really nice dr seuss um adaptation i thought it was the better dr seuss adaptation like the grinch or jim carrey i think is really good but the I don't know if you ever saw the Dr. Seuss Cat in the Hat with Michael Myers, I thought wasn't very good. It's like they tried to do the what same thing. Yeah, they were like, oh, Jim Carrey, the Grinch, who was so successful, let's adapt another Dr. Seuss thing where we have a, you know, humanoid sort of creature animal and blah, blah, blah. And it just wasn't good. But anyway, I really liked Jim Carrey's The Grinch. What did you think about it, Brittany? I was funny. It's funny you say that because I actually saw it. 
um, not too long ago, and it was right at the scene where it's like, oh, and he's realizing, like, that Christmas, you know, is it didn't come wrapped in boxes and bows, and, you know, like, when he starts going down the line, and then he falls down, and he's, like, clutching his chest, and you see it, like, blobbing in his chest, you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely not healthy, that's, that's not healthy at, healthy at all, but, um, that movie is such a good time. I don't think anybody else could have done that better than Jim Carrey because I feel like it. It if it had been anyone else, he's such a body actor. Does that make sense? Like he's very like he throws his whole body into it. I am surprised he has that like hurt himself. <laughs> he's a he's a physical actor, um, but that's sort of like. He's so good in everything he does, but seeing him like in the costume, I feel like it. It was so fitting for him. And the movie itself is always so cute because I love their little noses. Like the Whoville people. uh, Cindy always hated that movie just for the fact that uh, because her name is Cindy, we had a teacher in high school. We had a teacher in high school who would call her Cindy Lou Who. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's like a. I guess I could feel that. I always get Britney Spears, and I'm like, it's not even spelled the same. <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah, I, I agree with you said that Jim Carrey is a very physical actor. He just, he does, like, the grumpiness, because that's the thing about, you know, the Grinch, right? Like, there's a song, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, <laughs> you know, he's supposed to be, yeah. like, this really mean guy and Jim Carrey does that really well but then when it's time for him to be um nice and when he realizes uh the real you know quote-unquote meaning of Christmas it's like he pulls that off as well so because I feel like any other actor would may maybe have a hard time transitioning from being you know really mean to being like really nice you know have you ever seen the original cartoon, or are you only seen the live action? I've seen both. I grew up on, like, the cartoon version, and then I remember when that one came out, I was so excited for it. I will say, like, the only thing that, like, you ever feel like sometimes when an actor does something, you it slightly tarnishes a movie for you, but you realize, oh, I just have to enjoy it for, like, what it is? Mm-hmm. Because I think Jim Carrey's, like, anti-vax now. But even though, like, he had, like, a very public, like, outcry against vaccines. But then he's like, oh, I'm not anti-vax. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) I'm trying to think. That's so strange. Because did you see he, like, recently played Joe Biden for, like, SNL or something? I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. Jim Carrey, like, uh, you know, he's a little bit of an odd one. Like I, I, I won't That's say that he is too, huh? Robert De Niro. You've told me that, and I'm like, come on, Robert De Niro, really? Not like not to change the subject off the fun, happy thing. I was just like, God, <laughs> I was like, I love that movie so much, but every time I go to watch it, but I guess it's like that. It could be worse. It could be Brad Pitt, not Brad Pitt. Sorry, Tom Cruise in his uh, Scientology. Well, you know who I feel like is kind of tarnished now? Because I never really was a fan of Tom Cruise. Like, I think I, like, I liked Mission Impossible Fallout. But besides that, I don't think I'm ever like, oh, my God, I love this Tom Cruise movie. But you know what's kind of sad? Like, the whole Johnny Depp thing. 
I'm like, oh, oh he's no. in, so, in so many amazing movies where I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I, I know. Like, everything else, you're just like, man, why can't? I, I feel the same. By the way, don't get my Twitch chat started on it. They feel very strongly about that situation. Well, don't get me wrong. Like, I absolutely hate Amber Heard, and I think she's, like, you know, an asshole, too. But, you know, both can be true, if that makes sense, you know? No. Like, bo- both incidences can be true, where it's, like, both parties, you know, and both is wrong. So that's, like, my whole thing. Well, okay, I'm sorry. One last thing, right? Um, everyone talks about how, like, good the show House of Cards is, right? And I've watched, like, a few seasons, and it's really good. Like, because I love political dramas, right? But the fact that the whole show, the main character is Kevin Spacey, you're like, eh. I know, I know. <laughs> like, and I wanted to get into it, and, like, because some people are like, well, this thing wasn't that bad, and then you look back and you're like, no, it's pretty damn bad. Oh, I'll give you two more examples. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? No, you're good. I was gonna, I'm going to give you two more examples, and then we can move on. So last year, I did a comparison between the movie Ants and the movie It Bugs Life, right? Yeah. And I, and I love both movies, although now I think as an adult, I think Ants is actually better because it's the more adult and more mature one, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I was writing a review, and I was looking at the cast list of Bugs Life. The guy who plays the main, you know, mean grasshopper is voiced by Kevin Spacey. And then, wait, wait, and then in Ants, the main character is voiced by Woody Allen. And I'm like, crap, both of these movies have these shit-ass people in it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know what? I'm here for it. You're what? I'm here for I'm 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 here for the fucking weird shit that happens in movies with the actors. Where you're just like, my God, can anything not be tainted? I I understand. I'm not here for the tainted-ness. I was going to say, you know, like, the badness against Woody Allen, too, right? I mean, that's why I mentioned it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I get you, but I'm like, I, I'm, I'm here for hearing about those things. It was just a weird choice of words, but you get Brit- me. Britney's canceled. Oh. No, it's like, no, it's like that time where I said, um, oh, Sir Anthony Hopkins can get it, and I meant like, yeah, well, he can still, like, he's still rocking it, and y'all were like, oh, that means you want to sleep with Sir Anthony Hopkins, and he's like in his eighties. He forgets how to word sometimes. So. <laughs> no, no, for a second, like, um, no, before I even said that, though, I was like, Woody Allen. I was like, but then I realized that Woody Allen. There's two Woody Allens. Is there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's two Woody Allens. I think there's only one Woody Allen. There's, um, You're thinking about Woody Harrelson. I think that's what I'm thinking of. So for a second, I was like that. But no, I mostly meant, like, it's kind of crazy how many, like, actors that you find out do terrible things. Like, there's some, like, oh, like, there's some songs that I don't really like, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that, okay, there's this song. You know the song, like, Karma, 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 Chameleon? That song? Like, Boy George. Yeah. Boy George, like, freaking like kidnapped a dude and beat the shit out of him 
Oh, that's right. Oh my yeah. god. Well, well. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this when you were doing the deck the halls. Uh, Matthew Broderick killed someone. So <laughs> yeah. He was drunk driving and hit someone. I didn't know this until I listened again to They Call This a Movie and they mention it. I looked it up. Like, look at his Wikipedia. You fucking killed someone. What, you in jail? Like, what What happened? No, it got thrown out because uh, he's rich. <laughs> oh, of course. Because yeah. that's how the world works. That's how the world works. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess when you're in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they're like, oh, that's just Ferris, that's just Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, it's fine, it's fine. Um, that's going back to the Woodies, though, which sounds really bad, because isn't that like the Porn Star Year of the like Year Award or something like that, the Woodies? Um, but I, I think, but Woody Harrelson, we stand. Like Woody Harrelson is, we we stand Woody Harrelson. Woody Allen, however, is the creep that married his daughter. So we don't stand. Didn't he have to like get out of the country? Some, I forgot what the whole thing was, but I know that it's like him and his like wife at the time adopted their daughter, you know, as a young young child. And then when the daughter was like eighteen. He suddenly, like, divorced his wife and then married her. And I'm like, that is creep. That is, like, weird. Like, to me, it doesn't matter that she's not, like, biologically his. That's fucking creep. Like. I don't know. Like, yeah. You know what? No. No, thank you. (laughs) Wham, bam. No, thank you, ma'am. But let's get on back on track to our happier. Uh, I don't need people thinking that like that's what I meant when I said I'm here for. I'm like, I mean, basically, I hear you. I'm listening to you. I, I get it. I, I get it. That when you heard Woody, you thought of Woody Harrelson, which honestly would have been kind of cool <laughs> if he played it. But um, no, I love Woody Harrelson. By the way, for anyone who's listening out there, True Detective season one was a banger because Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey were in it, which I heard recently Matthew McConaughey had his also fair share of controversy. And I'm like, can these actors please stop talking? <laughs> Did, uh, does Sylvester Stallone play an ants? Yes, yes, he did. He plays the uh, voice. He plays the voice. I love this character. Ants. I think he saw like um, you know how like his eye droops just a little bit. Yeah, because I believe didn't he have a stroke? Um, many years ago. Palsy. Oh, I could be wrong. I'm sorry for anyone who's no. listening. I just literally don't no, no, know, but I know that like, something happened. Like, because I think it's like it was the same thing what happened to the guy that plays the mountain. He ended up getting cerebral palsy where, you know, like half your face goes numb. Actually, no. I think. No, I think. Wait, I think actually, um, don't hold me to this. I'm about to look it up. I think actually when he was being pulled from the womb, like it damaged a nerve in his face. Yeah, something happened. So that was it. Because I think he's had that, because he had that since the first Rocky. Yeah, yeah, he's always had. To me, I never, like, even noticed. It's the same thing, like, I didn't find out until a few years ago that Lou Ferrigno is deaf in one ear. And people are like, oh, that's why he talks like that. And I'm like, I just thought that's how he talked. Like, I didn't think anything of it. So it's just interesting. But um, I think I, I... understand what you're saying in ants that his character mimicked 
uh, his facial features as uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, okay, wait, wait, I found it. Complications suffered by Stallone's mother during labor forced her obstetricians to use two pairs of forceps during his birth. Misuse of these forceps accidentally severed a nerve and caused paralysis in part of Stallone's face. And that's what, but I was going to say his character even had, like, where his face had, like, the, like, uh, like the paralysis in his face, you know? I loved his character in Ants. He's this big brolic soldier that, dis- or no, he's a big brolic, like, yeah, he's the brolic soldier and he decides to switch with his friend so his friend can try and, like, find this girl and he becomes the worker and then he, like, falls in love with, like, you know, the tomboy worker and stuff. And then, like, remember at the end of Ants and they're trying to make that big-ass, like, ladder up to the top and he's like, you go and get them and he literally is, like, supporting everyone with his own weight and I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> You love Sylvester Stallone. I think, like, his daughter or something has, like, TikTok now, and he popped up in a video, and people are like, oh, my God, it's Rocky. No, I love Sylvester Stallone. He can still get it. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But anyway, let's get back on track here. I don't know how we got here, but we're talking about ants, and we are still on our top. Uh, five best Christmas movies. Brittany, what is your number two? <laughs> uh, you're going to laugh at me. Because I actually like it better than the first one. Are you ready? I'm ready. It is, wait, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, I love Home Alone 2. I actually like it more than the first one. And I think it's because, by the way, so, <laughs> small town. Arkansas girl, I was obsessed with New York, right? I thought it was like this big, beautiful, brilliant place, which I still do, but I was always really excited for it, and a big love of it came in Home Alone 2, because I was thinking, okay, so the whole thing is like, I gotta remember the kid's name real quick. What did, What is his name? Oh, Ke- Kevin. So, you know, Kevin, he already had, like, the events of the first movie, and then, you know, his whole family's going to Florida for the holidays, which is a very, uh, I guess, a cold-weather kind of place thing to do. But he gets lost in New York. It has Tim Curry in it, too. Isn't he the freaking, like, hotel manager? Yeah, something like that. I love Tim Curry. Yeah, Tim Curry's always great, you know, and so he warms himself into, like, getting this, like, really nice, nice hotel room. You know, he's basically living it up. It's like, oh, last time he was just in his home, but now he's in New York, and, you know, he's really living it up. It's the big city life, but he runs into the two goons from the fucking first movie where it's like Joe Pesci Pesci. I know by the way I didn't realize that was his name and I didn't realize what he actually looked like when he's not playing fucking not Marv I can't remember what his character's name was maybe it was Marv Uh, no I don't think so by the way have these two thugs not have faced like the worst freaking uh abuse in the entire world at the hands of this child which you by the way that that's they wouldn't want to like do it again <laughs> i know by the way can we talk about like i know this what brought it up earlier the pigeon lady i love the pigeon lady <laughs> I because love she's her. such a whole she's like such a wholesome part of the movie because the thing is 
first movie, right? It's all about the shenanigans with um, Kevin being left home alone and him, you know, going up against these two goons. And then you have in the second one, like, these really, like, nice moments between the Pigeon Lady and uh, Kevin. It's just really nice. It, It makes for a very wholesome sort of environment in the film. Like, remember in the first movie? Like, he's really scared of that old man, right? Mm-hmm. And then the old man turns out to be really good. Isn't that, isn't that what happened? Are you scared of, like, an old man in it? Probably. It's that been so long since I've seen, seen his it. daughter in, like, so many years. And that's, like, the thing with the pigeon lady. I think she used to have a family. Yeah. Her, her, her story I, I guess like, like super second. Like, what'd you say? <laughs> I said her story was, like, super sad. I remember it was tragic because she's homeless, but you feel like, well, why did she start out homeless? But the thing is, is like, that's what it was. The two thugs are trying to rob a toy store. But why a toy store out of everything? Um, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Home Alone 2 was great. I loved it taking place in New York City. I love, you know, because I'm in New York, so... I do love anything that's in New York City as well. And it it does feel like Home Alone 2 definitely was probably better than the first one, which the first one is classic. The first one is great. But it's just funny how the second one seems to just have expanded on that. But can we say, Brittany, can I, like, put this out there, that those parents are probably terrible, that they continue to leave their child, like, alone? (laughs) Well, I think what it was is, like, the way they explain that they constantly is in this house, like, filled with people. I mean, like, yeah, like, multiple families living together. Well, that's why in the first one, he's so happy to be home alone because it's such constant chaos that it's like, oh, finally, you know, um, like, peace. See, this is why you don't have, like, six fucking children. You have one so that you can watch them. (laughs) I know, that's why I think, like, my max is two, and then I'll, like, I'll meet someone where it's, like, not, like, judging anything, but they're, like, I've known people. My my memo is, like, number, like, nine or ten of children, and I asked her one time, I said, she was the baby, and I asked her one time, I said, uh, said, oh, did you get baby because you were the last one? She said, after ten freaking kids, there's no more baby and left. No, that's how I feel, and, like, I know this sounds, like, super, like, whatever, you know, I mean, listen, do you in life, like, do you in life, I'm not saying, I'm just saying in my personal opinion, I feel like that's because our families came from times where, um, you know, like, super religious people always have a lot of kids because they believe that, you know, that's what they're supposed to do, Um, you know, I think a lot of it is rooted in, like, more older type of mentality if that makes sense i'm just saying that you don't really see modern people have that many children i'm not saying that it's not possible and again don't twist my words like do you whatever um just do know that the population in the world is rising and we probably should stop having children as much but (laughs) it's like funny because like you know aaron 
he he went through seminary and stuff and even he was like yeah i get it people are like oh you know go forth and like repopulate he goes but i think they only meant that when there was like fucking like 10 people not like the Thank billions you. of people Thank yeah. you. when they're like go forth and repopulate it's like yeah when like you actually need to do that but the fact that there's what seven billion people on the earth it's like maybe we should stop a little um slow it down this is like i was just talking about this with Polly yesterday i was like condoms should really be free like condoms and birth control be free they always talk about the problems of you know the population that could be solved probably pretty easily by making certain things free but anyway that is getting into a whole different story people are like i didn't come here for this but what was I going to say, though? I was going to say something. Huh? He had a huge family. Huh? He had a huge fucking family, which I couldn't even imagine being a part of. Oh, no. I was going to say one last thing. Oh, can you hear me? It happened again, didn't it? <laughs> there, I have to. You know what? Everyone, while we're on the phone right now, I'm blocking this number. So that they no longer can bother me and my fucking top tens. How dare you? <laughs> Don't you know who I am? No, there you go. They're Isn't they're blocked, everyone. Over and over again. Huh? Is this it the same number each time? Yes. So I'm blocking them right now um to make sure that they never call. I was going to say, do you remember on TLC that family, like the 21 and count? Yes, that you know they had a big controversy. Well, because I think the doctor even told her like you can't have any more children, and she's like, "We're gonna have more." And it's like, "What?" <laughs> I think you did your duty. I think God sat there and said, "You know what? You did enough. <laughs> That'll do." <laughs> I know this isn't very Christmas happy, but the show got canceled because they found out the son, like, he got arrested for sexually molesting, like, oh, his Oh, yeah, the sister. Duggars. Yes, and so, like, cause, yeah, because it was the Duggars, and then the, uh, one of the daughters ended up getting a show because she wanted to continue the tradition of having a fuck ton of children. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway, I'm going to say a bunch of things that are not so pleasant about that, so let's continue. Um, yes, Home Alone 2, the best. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I love when I see screenshots of Tim Curry being in it because it's just like, like, Tim Curry, when he was younger, was like kind of a babe. <laughs> I, I know. Can we can we talk about, uh, what's it, Dr. Franken... Dr. Frankenfurter. <laughs> yeah. I, I told you, like, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Like, when Dr. Frankenfurter burst on the screen for the first time, I was like, I have questions about myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, there was a TikTok where it did use the Antissa. Patient. Like, every second it caught me off guard, and I like actually had the anticipation of hearing it, and I went, "Oh my god, it's so freaking sad." I love it, but yeah, um, Home Alone Two is great. Um, I think that's why like people really loved Macaulay Culkin when he was a kid because he had the ability to be kind of snarky, to be kind of the smart Alec, but then. He had those really nice scenes with the pigeon lady and stuff. So I know he went through a lot later because 
for some reason, Hollywood just doesn't like to take care of its child actors. I think it's getting a little better now, but um, at least what back... What did they say? The city that eats its young? It, I think that's what it is, but it really is true. Like, how many child actors do you see that haven't been, like, chewed up and spit out, you know? I was going to make a bad joke. It's like, no, 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 look at Lindsay Lohan. And it's like, oh, wait, no, no, not her. And then go down the list of all the child actors that freaking have, like, had a moment. Remember Amanda Bynes? Oh, God, yeah. Like, look what happened to Amanda Bynes. Look at what happened. That one kid, Danny Bonaducci from the Partridge family, um, freaking Macaulay Culkin, the only ones I can think of, like, Drew Barrymore had her moment, but then she kind of bounced back. Like, she was one of the few that had her really crazy wild years and then, you know, bounced back and went on to be a pretty successful actress. But, or it's either they go through this really tough time where they literally just don't get picked anymore for movies because they're out of their young and cute phase. Like, um, you know, the kid who uh, was in that movie, you know, I See Dead People? Like, I just am starting to see him in a few things now. Like, he was in The Boys season one for, like, one episode or two, right? But it's, like, after that movie, it's, like, he really wasn't in anything. Um, I was going to say, Hilary Duff did good. Hilary Duff did good. She's not as much in the public eye as, like, maybe she was when she was younger, but yeah, no, 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 I agree, well, that's why I, she's going down the drug route, like, she actually, like, they, like, I actually just looked up a thing, like, oh, did she have any past, and it said that, like, she doesn't have a past with uh, drugs and alcohol, she actually stayed pretty focused on her career. Well, you know, that's the crazy thing, though, about Amanda Bynes, is that she was pretty much like that for a long time, like, she almost was out of that stage where she would have normally, like, gone down that route, You know, like there are interviews when she was becoming like an older teenager and like her interviews were really positive. She looked good. And you're like, oh, you know, Amanda Bynes is going to be the one that like doesn't fall into this. And then suddenly, boom, train wreck. And it's like, what happened? I'm just saying, like, I I do think from what, you know, at least we see we're not in the business. We're outsiders. So it's like what we see, it looks like they're treating their young better. But I think they just chewed up these poor kids and spat them out without any sort of regard so i mean i think it's pretty cool that macaulay culkin's game huh amanda bunks is a face tattoo now i don't doubt it she is um she's a hot mess that one which is sad because i used to watch her show all the time when i was younger but I am happy that Macaulay Culkin seems to be getting into acting again i'm not necessarily a fan of american horror story but i it's going to be interesting seeing him play in it. So I'm looking forward to it. So there you go. Home Alone 2. Um, let's get down to the number one on our top 10 list. Let's go through the list in general. So this is, again, the top 10 best and worst Christmas films. We started off the first five as the worst movies, which is Home Alone 3, Happiest Season, Deck the Halls, Krampus, The Santa Claus 3, Escape Clause. Now we're getting into the top five best movies which are a christmas story rise of the guardians the grinch home alone 2 and this movie is a movie that is very often um people try to say like is it a christmas movie 
Is it a Halloween movie? And I say, why do we have to choose between the two when we can just say it's both? (laughs) And I'm putting a Nightmare Before Christmas, (laughs) which I think was on. I definitely think it was on our Halloween list as well because it's both. Um, <laughs> well, it's a freaking uh, commercial where it's like, why not both? And oh, my God, with that little kid who's so cute. Yes, <laughs> it was for the I taco shells. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. Whatchamacallit's it. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's like, why not both? We could do both. It's both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie because the whole thing is so – you already know the whole story behind A Nightmare Before Christmas, but let's break it down really quickly for you. You have Jack Skellington, who's the leader of Halloween Town. They put on Halloween every year. It's fantastic. Everyone in the village looks up to Jack Skellington, but Jack, even though he is the Pumpkin King, has, as in his own words, has grown so tired of the same old thing. So he's looking for something new. He's having essentially an existential crisis, right? So one day he so yeah so one day he walks and walks and walks into the forest he finds a bunch of trees with a bunch of doors on it and he decides to go into the door that has a Christmas tree on it from there he goes to Christmas Town and he is absolutely enamored by the spirit of Christmas everything's so happy everything's so jolly it's beautiful it's joyous and he wants a part of it so he goes back to Halloween Town and he's like. We're going to put on Christmas this year. We're going to kidnap Santa Claus. We're going to make our own Christmas toy. We love kidnapping. We're going to put, you know, we're going to make Christmas toys. I'm going to become Santa Claus. I'm literally going to make the red suit, have a beard, have the hat. I'm going to make the scientists make all of these skeleton reindeers. And they even did the whole Rudolph thing, you know, it got really foggy and he was like, oh, we can never take off now. And then his dog Zero, who had the shining light, he's like, Zero, you can help me better to light my way. Go to the front, you know, and he flies off, you know, blah, blah, blah. It it ends up being a disaster, honestly. And Jack Skellington discovers how he <laughs> needs Shout to like guy by the military yeah no the military literally shoots cannons at him um and then he has to save sally and santa claus and then santa claus goes and saves christmas you know at lightning speed and just to kind of thank jack a little and kind of you know show that hey you can have a little bit of the christmas spirit too he lets it snow in halloween town so that the rest of the participants in halloween town can finally understand why jack loved christmas so yeah there you go it's a christmas movie <laughs> I, I like how santa claus or sandy paws uh, sandy claus <laughs> He was basically like, oh, it's fine, but don't ever fucking do it again. I swear <laughs> to goodness, like, I will wreck you. Like, he's so like, he's like, oh, you know, yeah, it's fine. But really, but really. He says, he says something to him where he's like, next time you think about doing something like this, I'd listen to her. And he points to Sally. He goes, she seems to be the only one with sense in this town. Oh, <laughs> I love Sally. I love Sally. Sally. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I think it's a, you know, again, it's a Halloween movie as well, but it's also a Christmas movie because it explores the spirit of Christmas. Jack is just so desperately wanting to, you know, uh, 
understand this. There's a whole scene where he even, you know, there he is in his Christmas pajamas. He has everything decorated with Christmas lights. He desperately is like, I want to know, like, what it is that makes Christmas because I love it so much. You know, I think it's can you can kind of feel that way, like feel what he's feeling, where it's like you're supposed to be sitting in that role, but there's something else you more you want, and people are going, no, you can't do that. You were only made for this, and you're like, no, like where's that thing where it's like, no, I must dance. That's like, <laughs> no. that was Christmas. That's exactly like Jack is sitting there going, yes, I am the pumpkin king. I'm obviously amazing in this role because you know I can scream and I can pop up you know, pop my head off, you know, I can, you know, frighten people and all that. And everyone in the town absolutely loves me. But like, I want more than that, because it's the same thing. Like, because if you saw in the movie, it's like literally the day after Halloween, they start preparing for it again. You know, when the mayor's like, there's only 365 days to the next Halloween. And the wolf is like 364. And they're like, oh, my God. So it's like, I like how they take all year to plan it, though. Like, they're really just like, they're here for it. That's what I'm saying. So it's like to Jack, it's, you know, you never get away from Halloween. He would just like more and not for nothing. I will agree. His town is a little too reliant on him. Like Jesus, he can't go out without them being like, where's Jack? I haven't seen Jack in like two hours. I checked everywhere. Oh, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Children, when their dad goes to like take a poop, they're like, oh, my God. He's never coming back, so I will admit that they're, like, way too dependent on him, but I think it's really cute. I love this movie so much. I watched it for Halloween, obviously, because it's Halloween, but I was like, it's also a Christmas movie. It's in the frickin' title, A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, so it works. It works. It's fine. It's fine. For those who don't know, I showed Brittany this movie for the first time years ago. She did. Like, uh, I can't remember if it was here, like, at Arkansas or in New York. But I remember, like, I don't remember if I wasn't allowed to watch it or if it was just never a thing. I just remember I never watched it. And, uh, you know, when you're a kid and when everybody likes something and is obsessed with it and makes you not want to, like, watch it, the freaking, like, but, I mean, the other emo kids were like, let me, like, you know when people would put, like, eraser burns in their arm? Wait, what? Did you ever have the kids that, like, eraser burn their arms? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would, like, do that, but with, like, Jack's name. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm fine not watching this movie. <laughs> and, so, and so, like, uh, when I watched it with you, I was like, oh, this is what I've been missing. But I still don't want to eraser burn this name into my arm. I will admit, people were really obsessed with the whole movie, the genre, the swag of all of it. And it's like, I get it. Like, Nightmare for Christmas is amazing. I love the freaking movie. But, you know, it's a little too obsessive at some points. But I guess that's just the world for you there. Um, I told you that during uh, Halloween, Paulie and I watched James and the Giant Peach. And we literally saw Jack Skeleton in um, James and the Giant Peach. And we looked up where it's like uh disney has easter egged jack into like several movies of theirs probably they knew he's such like a cult following because kids love weird shit 
Have you ever watched James and the Giant Peach? Um, I think we've talked about it before. Like, I I would always see the trailer for it on a VHS movie, but I hadn't, like, got to fully, fully see it before, but I know of it. Oh, you should watch it. It's on Disney+. Plus. It is, like, so charming. I loved the movie when I was a kid. Um, you should definitely still watch it. Like, I think it's still good. You know, like we watched it on Halloween because I saw it pop up on Disney Plus and I was like, oh, my God, I haven't seen this in years. And I think it still stands up. Right. I I just want to give you a really quick rundown for the Jack Skeleton cameo. Is that OK? I'm gonna yeah. Do uh so the whole thing is james is this young boy and he has these really two awful fucking aunts who are literally the worst people in existence and they know that like they are the fucking worst so uh there's at some point in the beginning of the movie where he meets this james as a boy meets this man who offers him like magic pretty much to say uh you know all your dreams will come true james you know if you you know take this magic and it's like this like bag of these like magical worms which i know sounds crazy but james as he's like walking drops and like he trips and drops the bag um oh no so pretty much all the worms disperse and but one of the worms tucks into this peach and the peach becomes giant, right? So it's this whole spectacle. And anyway, James ends up uh, going into the peach himself because he hears voices. And as he goes into the peach, he turns himself into, like, this little claymation thing. And all these bugs are in the peach, but they're giant now because they ate the worm. And they're all talking and stuff. And they're all, like, the bugs are pretty much his friends when he was, like, you know, alone. Because he's, like, this alone boy with his, like, really two terrible ants, right? So at some point, they decide that they're going to embark in this journey to go to New York City. Because that's where dreams come true. You know, of course, it's always in New York City. So at some point when they go... Um, something drops into the ocean, they have to go there to into the ocean and everything, and as they're there, there is Jack Skeleton dressed up as a pirate um, that battles what? against them. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Wait, who was this made by? Um, Disney, I think. I mean, it's on Disney+, Plus, so it's, it has to be a Disney property. No, it wasn't a Tim Burton film. No, I forget. I think I looked. I forget. It's such a charming movie. It's all about this young kid who his parents were killed when he was a child. He has to go live with these two awful aunts, and all he wants is love and friends because he has none, and him going to New York City in search of, you know, just a better life for himself. And just, it's so good. It's so good. Like, I love it still. Like, I watched it this Halloween, and I haven't watched it probably in over 10 years or more. And I said to myself, it still holds up. Like, I still feel so, like, good watching this film. You know, I'm looking it up right now. I see where he's, like, the pirate dude. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely Jack Skellington. There's no way you could say it's not, right? Like, there's no way you look at it and you go, oh, that that's just a skeleton. It's like, no. And you know what's funny? In the movie, because there's, um, there's a centipede in the movie, right? And when he sees it, he's like, it's a skeleton. Like, instead of saying it's a skeleton, it's like, he's yeah. like, it's a skeleton. And it's like, okay, come on. That, 
that's clear. But I never caught that as a kid. Like, as a kid, I never caught that, even though I watched both movies as a child. It's like I never caught those things. I know. I, I Don't you love, like, also when there's, like, sexual windows and things, and you're like, I never got that! Oh, yeah. In this movie, when I rewatched it, um, James and the Giant Peach, like, the spider is really French, and the centipede is, like, this, you know, fast-talking guy from Brooklyn, and he makes from some Brooklyn. sexual... And he makes, like, some sexual innuendos to the spider at some point. I'm like, oh, I never caught that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think I absolutely loved this movie growing up, but I don't think I ever watched it. Well, Brittany, you need to watch it, so I guess that's going on the list. <laughs> next, time we, next time we see each other, if that ever freaking happens with this no. goddamn pandemic. Um, but what was I going to say? So, Brittany, I think that we did a pretty good job with our top ten best and worst um, Christmas movies. Did you have any honorable mentions on the best side? Um, Probably just, like, uh, the cartoon version of uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, the original The Santa Claus, you know, with Tim Allen getting all that stuff. I'm trying to look and see if there was anything else. Uh, and the original Home Alone. Yes, the original Home Alone was great. I was going to put um, March of the Wooden Soldiers, but then I realized that it's not necessarily, well, it's kind of, a, it's not really a Christmas movie. It's just always played during Christmas, if that makes sense. That makes sense. And And Santa does, like, appear in it once, pretty much in it, but that's it. Have you ever watched March of the Wooden Soldiers? It's a super old movie, but I think it's great still. Let me see. March of the Wooden Soldier from 1934. Yep, 1934. <laughs> I see a dude with the, back when the, the Hitler stash was, uh, was a thing. With a cool and happening thing. Yes, oh my gosh. I, I've not seen it, but it looks funny. It makes me think of the Three Stooges. It's okay. So again, and really, we're just doing rundowns on this uh, on this podcast, aren't we, today, Brittany? No, no. So you have these two characters in March of the Winter Soldiers, and they're pretty much in this uh, town. It's pretty much like a mother goose town, right? Like all like you know the the three pigs and stuff like that. Like anything that's like uh you know what are those called? You know those type of stories. Uh, mother goose. Yeah, like Mother Goose stories, right? So I anything called Mother Goose, are they like folk tales? Yeah, so anything like that, it's like this town, like where that all kind of exists. Like uh, you have a uh, Bo Peep, right? You know things like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, so the, you have these two guys who work at a, and this is why I almost thought it was like a Christmas movie, but. And so I'll just give you this part of it. But you have these two guys who work at a toy uh, factory, and they're kind of, like, really airheaded. And freaking Santa comes in because he's like, oh, how are my orders coming? And they're like, oh. and they bring, and they're like, you wanted wooden soldiers. So they bring out this wooden soldier who's, like, six feet tall. And Santa's like, what's this? And they're like, you ordered a um, hundred wooden soldiers at six feet tall and he's like no i ordered um you know uh 600 wooden soldiers at one foot tall he goes how am i supposed to give that to children <laughs> so 
they have like all the so they have all of these like wooden soldiers that are like which plays um out at the end of the movie like because at first you're like all right what's up with these wooden soldiers but it comes back to it at the end of the movie but so yeah that's the whole thing why i was like oh it's christmas but i'm like it's not really it has like one thing about santa in it but it always plays during christmas time so i was going to put that you know what we can count it we can count it we can count it we can count it but um yeah Brittany, i had fun um Again, like, I'm not the biggest Christmas movie fan, but you sound like you are, and, you know, that's great. Like, we need more jolliness in our lives. I go in phases because there's only, you know what I should have put as a good Christmas movie? Me and my dad is, like, we always have to watch, uh, oh, Burgermeister. It's like a... Wait, Burgermeister way. Um, good dad always calls me Britmeister. He would always call me Britmeister. <laughs> it was because of Burgermeister Meister Burger from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, have you seen that? The claymation came out in 1970. Yes, I think I have. Me and my dad watch it every single year without fail. Oh, another one is the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Exactly. There you go. Aw, Brittany. I know. <laughs> well, for, for anyone who's listening, please let us know what you think are some of the best Christmas movies as well as what you think are some of the worst Christmas movies because, as we know, there's a lot of them. But, Brittany, before I let you go today, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you, what you got going on next going to say you can always find me at itty bitty brit on twitch i've been streaming a lot of scary games instead of playing this game called hades which is about the son of hades trying to escape hades and every time that he fails he dies and comes back to life back and his dad's like oh ha ha and you really thought you could escape and he's like okay i gotta go try it again so and everyone's hot in the game just a warning everyone every tia Everyone is hot in that game, <laughs> especially Hades himself. But uh, you can also find me at Twitter at itty-bitty-brit-0. Um, just keeping up with my schedule. I post some goofy stuff there every now and then. But, yeah, that's where you can find me. Absolutely, everyone. Please make sure that you check out Brittany on Twitch. Um, she's a very dedicated streamer who spends countless hours trying to entertain you. As for me, you can, of course, check me out at geekfivesnation.com. has links to all of our social media platforms. Um, you could also check out uh, past top tens as well as some of my interviews and some of my tea time with tia videos on our youtube page which is geek vibes podcast um and you can of course listen to the top 10 with tia on any of your major podcast listening platforms we're on apple music amazon music Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of that good stuff. Please make sure you check it out. Brittany, it's been awesome doing this week's Top 10 with you, and I hope uh, to listen to you next week. I don't know what I'm saying there, but I'll I'll see you guys next week. (laughs) I'll see you next week. Have a good day. Bye.